Welcome to the Back to Back Films podcast, where we cover the things you never knew you wanted to know about movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Keith. This, this is Byron. Byron. Hey, God! <laughs> you know he was going to do that. Every day. Every oh, time I'm shit. doing this. Every single time. This, this is, is Jacob. <laughs> I can't believe he timed that one right. That was actually impressive. This is Jacob. Uh, one of these guys is Jacob, and one of these guys is Byron. Yeah. And we'll leave it to you to figure out yeah. who's who. It's yeah. up. It's it's a vague thing, kind of like watching a vague movie. It's just kind of up to the viewer to decide how they feel about it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. God. Oh, I should have done a That's quick. scary. <laughs> I feel like my day as a Jacob would be very interesting. It would be, yeah. A yeah. lot of uh, a lot of pants off situations. <laughs> well, ironically, maybe same, uh, you know, with you know you as me. Uh, same don't thing. you don't work at home though? Oh, no, but, but you know, okay. When I am home, I'm home alone. So because you, you got to look at your swastika tattoos on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's actually like it's actually on my what is that called my my uh prince charlie he's got a tramp prince. stamp of the ss oh it's yeah on, it, it's it's on you know the area between my butt and my balls what's that what's that called? oh the your gooch. gooch yeah 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 that's gucci that's where i keep my my uh swastika he's got to keep it hidden somehow <laughs> i wonder what was oh, on God. hitler's gooch i shit on it every day <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, you gotta wipe that up, man. Getting an ending. All right. If I were you, uh, I'd wipe it up. <laughs> all right. So I'm chopping all that out of here. You know, leading into Thanks it. to Jacob. You know, I wanted to, like, you know, somehow contact A24 and be like, hey, we just featured you in an episode. Yeah. yeah. We talked all this sh- awesome stuff about you, but now it's kind of it, like, well, well I can't do that. That's kind of screwed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, hi, A24. <laughs> I want to make a movie with you. Uh, yeah, right. You lost that chance. Uh, so our first, or our main topic this week is the company A24, which I'm sure you're aware of if you're listening to this and like movies. I'm sure you've seen their logo. Um, our first film is De Palma, released in 2015. Which is just a documentary about writer and director Brian De Palma, told only by him. He is the only uh, person who talks in that whole documentary. Yeah, and it's um, a single one shot of him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no pretty much other camera angle, just the one. I think they had two cameras shot. Really? that were pretty much from the same angle. I think they had a close up and they had a wide. Oh, maybe they did. But it was pretty much from the same angle, and it was literally... The whole premise of the movie was that they were already talking to him, Noah Baumbach and Jake Paltrow. Yeah. And they were like, we should just film this and have him talk into a camera. It's so weird. Out of all the directors that I would picture, like, really big fans of of Brian De Palma, I wouldn't picture Noah Baumbach, you know? What what has he done? He's done, like... um, I'm not familiar with Jake Paltrow. He, he's done like, uh, oh god, why are their names escaping me? Um, a lot of like kind of like drama. The, oh, the Squid and the Whale, Francis Ha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. while we were young, like Jacob. It's ironic movies. that he did Francis Ha. <laughs> it's ironic he did Francis Ha because A24. I'll get into this. 
wanted to pick up Francis Ha uh, as in for distribution and uh, then didn't. So I think kind of I think I think him and Greta Gerwig are seeing each other. They've been seeing each other for a long time. I think. Hmm. Yeah, until recently or something. Oh, okay. Jake, like uh, Jake Paltrow is yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow's brother, and did The Good Night and Young Ones. Interesting. Yeah. So, a guy who's been in the film family, and probably just fucking likes De Palma's movies. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> Seems like um, it. So the film was directed by Noah Baumbach and Jake Paltrow, starring De Palma himself. Um, and it was edited by Matt Meyer and Lauren Minerath. Um, our second film is Hereditary, released in 2018. Came out just last week or whatever. Um, after the family matriarch passes away, a grieving family is haunted by the tragic and disturbing occurrences and begin to unravel dark secrets. Hereditary was written and directed by Ari Aster in his directorial debut. It was shot by uh, Powell Pogger... Pogorazelski and edited by Lucian Johnston and Jennifer Lame. Uh, stars Tony Collette, Alex Wolf, Gabriel Byrne, and Millie Shapiro. And it took me a minute to realize, but Gabriel Byrne is the one of the main guys in um, Usual Suspects. Oh, so that's probably if his face looks familiar, it's probably from Usual Suspects. Yeah, he's he's, he's in a lot of a, stuff. A lot. Of he stuff. is. He's yeah. in a lot of stuff. He's a, a prolific actor. Uh, but I think a lot of his stuff, I feel like in term, uh, Usual Suspects is one of those ones that's like on the tip of everyone's tongue. So if you probably know him, you probably know him from that. All the right. pros would know it. To, uh, to be fair, yeah. No, totally. <laughs> but I think, but he ha- he's done a lot of yeah. movies. I mean, his Wikipedia I'm looking at right he's now is, is very like long. He's Jim Jarmusch. Uh, well, yeah, I think. Yeah, he is. I'm assuming you know. He is, yeah. yeah. Definitely he is. plays Charlie Dickinson. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Okay. Yeah. And he's been in TV and on stage and everything else. Yeah. And he's won awards and stuff. He's a he's a he's been around. He's been around. Um yeah. And then Tony Collette obviously is getting, you know, major praise for this movie and stuff like that, so everyone kinda knows um her. And then Alex Wolf and Millie Shapiro. Millie Shapiro actually got her first gig through Ari Aster in a short film um and then Alex Wolf has kind of been around as well yeah. in other things uh so we're talking about A24 this week in general as a company using their films obviously as a as a framework for this so I guess what I'll do is I'll just kind of talk about A24 a little bit kind of who they are the people who are involved with A24 kind of what they do because I think it's kind of a misconception about A24 um, and the fact that I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit. So A24 is an independent entertainment company that specializes in film and TV production and distribution. Um, 2012 was their first year they went to festivals um, specifically to purchase the rights to film. So that was kind of their first year as a company. Um, the first films they tried for uh, like I mentioned earlier, were Francis Ha and Place Beyond the Pines, uh, which is actually a really good movie. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't seen Francis Ha, but I do know Place Beyond the Pines is a good movie. It's pretty good. Um, Francis Ha. It's actually a really good, a well-told anthology film, which is really hard to pull off um, because uh, it, ta- it, it spans quite a few years and um, 
different characters. Each each act is essentially its own character, following its own character. And you um, kind of you kind of like those a lot, Keith. You're a big anthology yeah. guy. I do like anthologies. Yeah, I like especially interconnected ones because Place Beyond the Pines. Literally, when you jump into like the second act, like all of a sudden, um, Bradley Cooper pops up as a cop. Yeah, yeah. So it shifts perspective yeah. pretty quickly and pretty seamlessly, and then it jumps to perspective again to. Um, and years later, too. Years yeah. later, because so the first act is essentially Ryan Gosling's story of robbing a bank, um, and then killing himself because he's kind of reached the end. Like he's he's cops are after him, stuff like that. Yeah. Bradley Cooper comes in as the cop uh, who's affected by this, but then he also deals with his own story of corruption in the police force, and then he coincides with Ryan Gosling's son later. Um, who is in his teen years, and they try and reconcile that because his son thinks that he killed him and stuff yeah. like that, right? So it's actually pretty complex, but it's pretty good. Um, and so that year, uh, they tried for both of those. They did not get either one of those. <laughs> and that was essentially a huge blow to them. The The founders uh, are kind of... They have this interview where they were basically like, yeah, we... We're pretty much like, wow, we should probably pack it up and just like go home. Um, and it was just, it was really devastating to them. However, because uh, spring, uh, spring Breakers was, I think, next year or the end of that year, somewhere yeah. right around there. 2013. Um, yeah. That was their next huge target. And the actual film that put them on the map. So they did manage to secure. Uh, the rights to distribution for Spring Breakers. Because at the time, I believe Spring Breakers was the best uh, uh, received. Um, but uh, oh God, how do you say that? Received the most money for, uh, out of, from any the independent film that got the most money from any audience like ever in history like box sounds office about, sounds about box right, office, somewhere yeah. in there at that time at that time it's oh. no longer it's no longer but i want to say it had the best theatrical run um for an independent film oh wow it was it's a very interesting history for that film because it completely bombed with test audiences yeah um but <laughs> somehow through its marketing through a24's marketing for it yeah uh it seemed to work and actually started hmm. selling. And that was like immediately almost sold like a thousand theaters yeah. and it was just like out there. I mean, I saw that movie at Regal Barkley here. Yeah. Which it was huge. is just bizarre. Granted, yeah. my brother and I were like the only ones in the theater. This old guy showed up <laughs> and he left halfway through. I think he was thinking it was going to be like a Selena Gomez yeah. movie. Oh, and, you know, <laughs> that's gross. Yeah. And Did it, he have yeah, a giant trench coat? It was really gross. Uh, but he left halfway, not even halfway through. It was pretty funny. And then there was like maybe one other couple that, like there was like a couple there. And then it was just my brother and I. It was That hilarious. is so amazing. Yeah. But my He's brother awesome. and I were like, yeah. It would have been great to see it in theater. Yeah. It's definitely one of those theater movies. Well, yeah, we um, saw it twice. But it definitely has like a very weird history to it. Um, and we'll get into that more specifically because we are planning like a Harmony Corinne episode and that's one of the very important um sorry hold on one second one of the most important films in his i think repertoire yeah so we'll talk about that a little bit more but it does have a very interesting history uh the important part 
for us right now is that A24 managed to secure the rights to distribute that. And then here's a quote from, so uh, I guess before I quote this, I'll just say, so A24 was founded by three veterans of the filmmaking industry, um, Daniel Katz, who formerly ran the film finance group of Guggenheim uh, Partners, David Fenkel, who was the president of Oscilloscope right before this, <laughs> and then John Hodges, who was the head of production and development at Big Beach, who are probably best known for the film Little Miss Sunshine. Mm. Um, so uh, David Fenkel said in a quote, um, do you have to be a genius to do Sofia Coppola's movie or Harmonies? So he's referring to Bling Ring. They eventually acquired Bling Ring after um, um, Spring Breakers. It was sort of like this weird... When they started acquiring things, was all over the place when they were first forming. Um, so he's referring, referring to that movie. And he says, maybe we weren't geniuses with Spring Breakers, but we're the ones who said, let's put it in theaters because we could build on that. People hmm. like Spring Breakers. Other companies wanted to do stuff with it, but we said, let's invest in it. And there is a difference, Yeah, I think. And I agree with him. I think there is a difference. Yeah. I think there are people who would have marketed that movie and then just, for a lot of, especially Harmony Corinne's films, just kind of swept under the rug. Yeah. A24 yeah. was like, this is going to be our, like, the movie that, yeah. will be us right. and will put us on the map and it did Yeah, it really did um, that was the first time that they were taken seriously as like a, a beyond just like a random group yeah. of people um, and that movie really like represents their goal as a company you know in in, yeah. in making movies that have a dis- I think they call it a distinctive point of view I think that's yeah. like their mission statement is to make 100%. movies like that yeah. 100%. Which I think that set the tone nicely. It's super attractive to directors like Harmony Kareen and and people that have such visions that I mean Harmony Kareen couldn't make a film for Warner Brothers. And if no it way. did it'd be I'm sure he would have a lot of struggles making it. Yeah, you know it'd be I mean? a stripped down like, mess, yeah. yeah. There's so actually it, uh, there's actually a ahead. quote from Kareen right here about A24 and it says or he said, Hollywood is run by accountants at this point, and so anytime you speak with someone who's not a pure accountant and is not a pencil push- pusher, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And that says a lot, because it's yeah. true. Because the reason why these big studios do what they do is because they're pumping a ton of money into it, yeah. and they need to make the money back. Yeah. This is why they play, play it safe, for the most part. And that's what's fascinating about A24, is that these guys showed up and were like, we don't want to follow that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, they're so, uh, in it for like the, the art of it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Uh, so real quick, just as of uh, 2018, uh, apparently John Hodges, one of the co-founders, announced that he was exiting the company. Oh, wow. Which apparently is not on any negative terms. Oh, okay. He just is looking to do something else. So He's wow. trying to make a super silly scope. <laughs> or what is it called? <laughs> Oscilloscope. <laughs> Oh, yeah. silly scope. Um, so what is what is their business? As I mentioned earlier that they're like, they are a little bit different than, say, like Paramount or right. Disney or any of that. Um, and even the people who work for them or who have made films under them um, realize this difference, essentially. So basically, the, the big difference here is that they actually are just a distribution company. Mm-hmm. And that's an important distinction to make, especially in filmmaking, because you'll have stuff like Annapurna, 
which is a production company. Yeah. So they're in the business of pumping money into the actual production and then someone like A24 or whoever will show up and then buy the distribution rights and then they will put in the effort to market and then distribute the film Mm -hmm. in the various uh, forms of distribution. And that's an important distinction because why the fuck are we talking about a a distribution company? No one talks about distribution (laughs) companies. They are the unsung, like, I don't know, heroes of filmmaking where, like, they're the ones who get the film shown, but no one cares about who actually got the film shown. Yeah, it makes a right? big difference for the life of any movie. Yeah. Like, can't, the Cannes Film Festival is a huge festival, but it's also a huge marketplace for yeah. right. distribution companies. Yep. Right. And if the if a film gets bought by the wrong distribution company, it could totally ruin that movie. Yep. Yeah, There's been great films that are like that, that become classics later because they were distributed mm-hmm. poorly right you know? yep um and it's important because the distribution company doesn't produce movies yeah yeah right and that is a and that's a it gets it's interesting like i mean most people don't think about that like yeah. there are multiple companies involved in a movie from point a to point b and not all of them do everything yeah. that's involved right. in that yeah. in process and there are some that do both or everything you know yeah but um well, those are kind of a A24 has done like production for movies. Like yes. Moonlight. And I'm going to get there. Right. Yeah. I'm going to get there. But that. I but okay. Uh but uh I think what's really cool about A24 is that it has like this t- they have taste, you know? Cuz when you think of distribution company, it's like you're just thinking, okay, these guys are buying movies to make a buck. Like maybe they're they're buying out like th- these crappy rom-coms to put on Netflix. Maybe they're, you know, doing all this other stuff, but they are the A twenty four. It's like they're they're very selective with like what they're like selling out, and they have like this this taste and almost like this brand um, to them that a lot of distribution companies just don't have. Exactly, yeah. 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 You know? They're kind of this like new wave distribution where mm-hmm. like they they're trying to set themselves up as someone who is like you look like look at us it's kind of yeah. like the new... they have a podcast yeah. they have a fucking yeah. and it's yeah. great they have a great, great podcast yeah definitely check out their podcast because yeah. unlike us they they are able to talk to the directors <laughs> or whatever of these movies like their very first episode was like Barry Jenkins and oh, um cool. one other one other Sofia Coppola was it Sofia Coppola oh no, okay. oh no 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 it was um it was like a. It was him and like another woman. It was the lady who did Lady Bird. Um, Greta oh, Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So Sophie Coppola is in the into, second one. Yeah. yeah. They're able to tap into the talent. Yeah. Right. So definitely check out their podcast. Um, but like Jacob said, they are more than a distribution company, or they became more than a distribution yeah. company. Yeah. So it, yeah. when you see their logo, more often than not, it's probably the fact that they are distributing the film is why their logo's there. Um, they don't always produce the films. They are just buying a lot of stuff constantly, especially in those newer, like the more recent years, just buying stuff. Um, however, Moonlight was their first original production, and that happened four years after they started the company. So mm-hmm. for four years, they were specifically a distribution company. However, they were still with this like weird like Maverick style of like, we're, distribu- we're distributing, but we're like marketing ourselves and the film at the same time yeah, yeah they right? definitely did that well. yeah 
and, <laughs> and in doing so, they did what Jacob said, where they created this very distinctive style, mm-hmm. um, and they pick their films according to that style of, uh, of that they want to portray. Like you can even see it just through how they edit their trailers. Yeah. You know? totally. Oh, yes. Totally. 100%. Because like, it's very, yeah. like, word-heavy, you know? Yeah. It kind of is. Like, yeah. it's very, yeah. like, yeah. like the, the, the mat from the mastermind. But it's not, like, cheesy, you know? No. In that yeah, way. Yeah. It's it's very much, like, like the New Yorker yeah. comment of, like, this is a filmmaking triumph, you know? And some of the things yeah. are, like, really yeah. understated. They don't necessarily sell like the stars either. They sell the filmmaker and the film. They sell yeah. the film. Yeah. yeah. That's Which the is kick. really cool. That's the big difference, I think, between them and yeah. typical trailers. Because like if you watch a Tom Cruise trailer, it's like the Tom Cruise circle jerk three minutes, right? <laughs> oh yeah. A twenty four is like and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, I'm just yeah, saying that's yeah. how they sell yeah, totally, yeah. these trailers. Right. Like, how can we flash up this actor that we paid thirty million dollars to have in the movie? Let's put his face up there or her face up there as much as we can. A twenty four, like the hereditary trailer was like everyone who was involved with that movie. Yeah. And then that trailer also did an amazing job of hiding the plot of hereditary yeah it i did. gotta say um and their trailers are just different in that regard and that's what i think sets them apart is that they're selling something different like than what the hollywood typical model wants to sell. right and if um, if it is like a big actor normally it's like one of these like respected actors you know yeah. like willem dafoe you know in uh um yeah oh my god uh, in the florida project you know what i mean yeah and they'll they'll show him like in a way that you've never seen them before. You know, like they're they're selling they're not exactly. selling the same old thing. They're selling you something brand new that exactly. with these actors, you know, which is yep. like mad respect for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cuz then it's and, like it's yep. not, this isn't about the money. It's about hey, this actor is doing something different. Totally. Yeah. And I'll get into a little more specifically in just a little bit of why that's the case. Um but it, to kind of give you like an idea of A24 compared to other companies, um, the next probably most comparable company is Miramax to what they're doing. Yeah. So Miramax, especially nineties, nineties Miramax, yep. nineties Miramax, and the founders of A24 specifically say this too that they were huge fans of what Miramax was doing in the nineties because Miramax was the one who was taking on these sort of maverick new directors yeah, yeah. like Tarantino yeah. and putting them in a spotlight. Um, and then producing and distributing films like that. So A24 took that, and they basically realized that, you know, through the early 2000s, there was a cycle of, like, where Miramax sort of died out. <laughs> Studios came in, cleared up everything, but now people don't want that anymore. Yeah. And A24 came and realized that and right. exploited that, essentially, Cause um, even, in, a, in a positive way. Even Miramax in the 90s was owned by Disney, you know? Like, the Tarantino shit that happened that was all like under disney's arm as like a subdivision yeah by that point yeah they owned miramax when when pulp fiction came out i thought it was like how weinstein got a a lot of his money was from disney was from disney yeah okay so it was like and here the big difference here is like uh, studios have these little subdivisions like fox searchlight and yeah i think focus is one of them um but a24 is like on their own like they don't yeah. have like a big studio that they're they're trying to appease so there's no yep. like studio leakage you know what i mean yep. into <laughs> yeah yeah totally. you know they're not a subsidiary it. of a studio they are literally yeah. independent which is yeah. of that which is awesome I love <clears throat> yeah 
Yeah, they which can is why really do, able what, to they do what they want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. they're the able to do exactly line, what they yeah. want. I think maybe that's what it is. There's a sense of like, f- like freedom um, that you kind of just get from how they like show off their films. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, like totally. it, it doesn't. It's 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 like you know when an A twenty four trailer is coming on, but yet they're never like the same. Right, you know yeah. what I mean. They're very tailored to the movie, yeah, which like, is really cool. Yeah, like it, if you were to watch to even The Witch and Hereditary back to back, those yeah. trailers are going to be way different yeah. because like, the movie's great different. double feature. But yeah, like. right. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Um, so what are they doing? That's important. I mean, we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but really, what are they doing that is setting them apart as a as this company that's like came out of nowhere essentially? Yeah. Um, and really what they're doing is just they're disrupting the normal Hollywood way. Uh, big studios are very safe in their production choices, rarely ever giving these, quote, indie stories a chance. Yeah. I mean, you can see that with the big choices that are being made right now with all these Star Wars spinoffs and all these Marvel spinoffs, stuff like that. Um, they know Marvel's going to sell, so let's yeah. spin off Marvel. Right. I mean, in that way, they're losing out on a ton of uh, audience members. Yeah. You know, they're losing out on a lot of the audience. I, yeah, there's definitely money. It's not niche, but you know, it's definitely a smaller market. But there's money there. There's it's like not even that small. It's not even though. that small. Like, that's true. It's like fifty to a hundred yeah. million dollars of money. Yeah. You know, being just like that's there. And these movies that that they're not necessarily producing, but that distributing didn't cost that much money themselves. Exactly. To make. Yeah. Exactly. So like. I mean, it's kind of like Amazon, you know, putting their name on these films and, and Netflix too, because um, they can get a whole bunch of money. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. A twenty four. They pretty much saw exactly what you're saying. They they it took them a little bit, but they saw that yeah. there was this like weird gap, and they found the films that targeted this targeted this audience that Hollywood just didn't not give a shit about. And I think yeah. The, it, it's it's important for the audience, but it's also really important as, as, for the filmmakers because I yes. think that's so attractive. That's huge. I mean, it's so attractive. Yeah. I mean, like I think that's why there was such a there was so like when you look at Miramax and all those um, movies that came out at that time, all, those directors were all young. They're all yep. they were all young upcoming directors, yep. and mm-hmm. that's what's happening here. E twenty four. It's predominantly young directors or directors that haven't been able to that don't even want to get into the mainstream like Sofia Coppola doesn't want to make you know a movie that is going to be shown in theaters worldwide that's going to generate a whole bunch of like right. money she has a very particular style and she has a very particular type of story that she wants to make she's not like super young she's not old but right but she, she's not making Wonder Woman you know right exactly, like she would say yeah. no to that project exactly um you know so it's kind of cool that that i think people are the (coughs) filmmakers now are just fed up with with having to either go the super super independent route yeah or you know almost like (laughs) sacrifice themselves to make yeah big movies right here's i mean here's here's the james guns of the movie making world are one in a bajillion. Yeah, yeah. You don't get that kind of yeah. creative control over a big movie oh, yeah. almost ever, you and, know? And, and, and you said James Gunn, right? Yeah, the Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy guy, and, yeah. I mean, and that guy is perfect for what he does. Right. And, like, that's what he obviously wanted to do. 
and there are some directors that have done independent films that have become super successful right. and but that's like the type of films they want to do right but yeah there's so many that don't want to but they're stuck in that and then they they, they flop and they never get to make another exactly. movie again yeah the first film is great but their big shitty hollywood ones suck exactly yeah <laughs> well here's a here's a quote from danny Rad, radcliffe that's about a24 that that is um very similar to what we're talking about but he said i've had experiences on films in the past where they get bought by somebody who sees something in it that they like which is nice but it also happens to be not what the people who made the film wanted it to be. When you get a distribution company that likes the film for the same reasons that the people that made it like the film, uh, I found that rare. A24 is one of those few companies that have shown that indie films can still be viable. Yep. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Totally they're great. not changing the film to get more money. Yeah, they're buy- awesome. they, they bought the film because it was the film that it was. Yeah. And they're selling that film. Which is so Because awesome. they know people yeah. want to see that film. <laughs> right. Which is interesting because in, like, De-, De Palma, right? And he talks about this. He says, like, in the 70s, this is kind of what the studios wanted. Like, they wanted these, like, young guys, you know? They yeah. wanted Spielberg and um, Scorsese's and... Um, a bunch of other ones and De Palma and Lucas and stuff to like make these movies and like, Hey, what's your vision? And then that all went away in the eighties and yeah. then it perked back up in the nineties with Miramax and then it went yep. away in two thousands yep. and now it's yeah. back with a 24. So it's like this weird, like 10 year wave of like, so right now we're getting this nice clean wave of filmmakers. Yep. I think, so I think, you can yeah. expect the 2020s to kind of be like a shitty time for movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bill's about to start going back downhill again. Yeah. I think like the 70s were kind of like this danger, you know, time for film yeah. and like the rebels were coming out. The 70s you know? was yeah. right before like a lot of restrictions on film yeah. got put into place. I feel, oh, like, yeah. I feel like it's the 30s that are going to suck. I think the 2020s I think are going to be actually... They're going to be I, hot. I think they're going to be good. I think yeah. I think it's... I don't think so. I think, I it's, think it's going to be the I think it's late 20s. Star Wars burnout period. Well, but that would be like, that would be a good thing movies? though. Star Wars burnout would be think, good for A24. But it's like how like there... I mean obviously there are things that pop up like in the early 2000s but the early like what do you remember from like the early 2000s like besides like drive (laughs) yeah yeah. there's like (laughs) occasional things right but i think i think what what's gonna happen is like i think we're already reaching that point sort of where there's like the saturation point of like star wars and stuff is like people wanted it but they didn't want this much of it like a yearly fucking release of of okay we're inundated with fucking marvel and star wars and whatever constantly and i think people are going to be burnt out i don't mean about those films but those yeah but those are what's going to be heavily produced even more so in the 2020s and there's going to be this kind of like doling of cinema almost again and then but i think that's resurge that's why like a24 as a company is so important because they're they're not looking to do stuff like that you know and and the more of that stuff there is the more there's a need for a24 you know to fill in the opposite unless people just leave movies altogether and go to video games and and tv shows but i i don't i don't think that i don't think people are willing to leave movies you know what i mean yeah i i I think i know what keith is saying i think like when you look at the 60s right when you look at the big hollywood movies that came out in the 60s you, you can't really name a lot but you can name a lot of like uh, the you know the French New Wave films and the out of the fifties you know yeah. and, and the oh, I see. neorealism you can see you're talking 60- about the legs 
yeah you can the see legs this, of the movies like you can see the, you can see like these this this underground film movement that is starting to rebel and then in the 70s it just exploded yeah you know i think we're right now i think we're in the 60s when it comes to like independent film again and i think it's in the 2020s where we're going to get more of these rebels i think you're going to get like Maybe, oh, I think maybe. the opposite. I think the two twenty, the early two thousands was when we were in that point, and then this twenty ten to twenty twenty is kind of where stuff is sort of like shifted and ex- and I haven't seen more a big exploded. shift. Though, you know what I mean? Like I, I think the shift is just now starting to happen. You, we're getting to see more films that I mean, deal I with like so. that. You know, deal with like homosexuality. We're seeing more films now that you know how, deal with women. We're seeing more films that are dealing with African American or minorities. We're slowly getting into more of that. And I I think it's about it's 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 about to explode that's at least maybe i'm being optimistic I hope so. maybe i'm being optimistic i i guess maybe i'm tr- i i'd like to think that that's going to happen um but maybe not but i do think that there's going to be a burnout like you said well if you go with the palma's concept of the best films filmmaker produces being in the 30s 40s and 50s it won't be till the 2030s that we hit well, uh, i don't yeah i don't know if know? i yeah. follow that because <laughs> scorsese's still making great films Spielberg maybe not so much. There's exceptions to every rule <laughs> yeah. though, but um, but yeah, he does say that in De Palma. He thinks that 30s, 40s, and 50s are kind of the heydays, the heyday of any director's. Right. Tarantino um, has that career. due date too. I think it, he said it's like yeah. anything over nine films is, or the ninth film is not good. The tenth film. Tenth film. Tenth film. Yeah. yeah, for him it's the tenth film, but yeah. um, he's kind of already there, unless you count Kill Bill as one film, right? Which, which I think he, he does, does, and all yeah. of his fans do. <clears throat> Right, yeah. right. I think, yeah. Hopefully, once my time in Hollywood will really be something different, you know. And then we can see that, you know, one more after that. <laughs> yeah, and, and see and see what what yeah. that could be, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think it's important to understand though that a twenty four really is. And maybe they'll continue to do this in the 2020s. We can only hope that uh, they're really giving a lot of chances to the first-time directors. A lot of the films that they have distributed have been directorial debuts and still continue to be, which is a huge, huge um, thing to think about. And because because they're a distribution company, uh, the way they operate as a distribution company, the freedom that these these directors have being in this indie system pumping a bunch of money into their films and then getting picked up by A24 is being is huge yeah. for for their creative freedom um, which is pretty unheard of really um so what i hope for this podcast too is that there are people who are aspiring filmmakers who listen cuz those that those are the kind of people that i think we relate to but for everyone else listening who's not you know we still love that you listen as well and like that you are that you're learning something deeper about film uh, every every episode essentially um, but as a filmmaker like what i guess we could sh- we should ask ourselves like what does a24 success really tell you um and i think it's important to realize that their success tells you really anything is possible you yeah. know um films that never would have been made even six to ten years ago are being made now because of them or that- at least being shown now because <laughs> of them um, they're not dying like you said in in wherever they yeah. die at the end of their life um distribution is incredibly hard um and that's why it takes specific companies to push it um right. that's why the big companies are able to do it because they have so much money to do it i um, mean require distribution is more than just like hey theater 
you know show our yeah. film it's right. marketing the film proving to the theater that your film is even viable to make money because why should why would they fill their time with yeah. that when they can fill their time with anything else um so it's i mean distribution is like 90 percent marketing and then essentially collecting a check from wherever you do yeah. your, your film shown and they prove that people want to see things beyond what I would consider sort of like the Marvel Star Wars circle jerk, really. Like the, the like, there's like the this blockbusters. Wave of, the block, I mean, yeah. like the really, like, I think there's people who want to see movies, who want to go to see movies in the theater, who just don't because why pay $13 yeah. to see something they don't want to see? To me, A24, it tells me that, like, uh, God damn it. This lost it. Fuck. The art, the art is here. The art is here. Oh, that 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 um, original visions and like unique point of views still matter to both audience yes. and yeah. makers. Because to me, Disney and Marvel, as much as those films are like great in their own way, they're they're not original in the sense of like when you see the credits that says a James Gunn film, is it really? A James Gunn film, right. in the sense of which like, is a stupid credit. Let's, <laughs> that yeah, doesn't make any I mean? sense like, as a yeah, credit. You know what I mean? It's like it's you can't say it's like yes, he could have like had came up, came up with a lot of the ideas and and like technical choices, but but then when you see you know an Ari Aster film or uh, is that yeah, Ari yeah Aster, I think that yeah. sounds right. Yeah, it's like credit. It means a whole different thing yeah. because it's a complete vision. Yeah. And I think that's something that people as an audience really still appreciate. And I don't know right. if they necessarily know it, you know? I think they subconsciously know that I going into... I think they into, do know it. I think people yeah. do know it. it uh, so maybe I, they don't know how to put it into words. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking. You I know? feel... I've always thought this. I think audiences are way smarter no. than we think. <laughs> Just kidding. And they, they <laughs> want to be tapped into. They want to be... They want to be sold these yeah. things. Like, yeah. look at Jaws and and The Exorcist. Like those directors weren't really known before. Totally, well, maybe The Exorcist, but like, like it was such a huge phenomenon yeah. because it was something new and refreshing right. from a voice that they hadn't really heard from before. Exactly. Um, and people get still out. look for that. Yeah, yeah. get out exactly. exactly. Yeah. You know, people knew who Jordan Peele was, but they weren't expecting him to be a super talented like yeah. direct you know director you know writer director and everyone <laughs> was rooting for him at the oscars you know what i mean like yeah, everyone was yeah. like oh yeah i like shape of water i like i like these other ones but everyone was rooting for the the rookie you know the guy who grew up in the internet age and you know they weren't yeah. rooting for the phantom threat like paul thomas anderson or you know any of these veterans you know they're like hey let's let's get the young guy you know? yeah, yeah. yeah i like, like that blumhouse blumhouse was the main producer of that film yeah. eventually got distributed by universal but the fact that universal didn't produce it tells you a lot because yeah. apparently they, <laughs> yeah. didn't, they didn't believe in it until it proved itself you know what yeah. i mean that tells you a lot about it and that's um, that's when like i was i forgot what i was i listened to this podcast called i was there too and they interview like small uh pe people who had small roles in movies and one of the guys was the 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 black guy in Get Out who was the like weird the the only other one at the party. Oh yeah, I love that actor. He's yeah. in um he's in Atlanta. Yeah, he's in Atlanta, and they were Lucky Stanfield. Yeah, yeah, and he was like trying to find a role uh, with his agent, and his agent like I got this freaking wacko script. 
maybe you'd like it i don't know and you just send it his way and he's like oh my god i love this script and he met with jordan peele like immediately because it was like it and it, it's because it was like this unique thing that he was he was just like this is so weird and i love it so much you, you know yeah, and it wasn't just that God. traditional script that he'd like seen a million times or that was like helping some celebrity you know yeah, get more yeah. money or something like that like it was like about the movie yep yeah that actor too um he's kind of an actor that because of these these types of movies will now have a career you know he's yeah. starring in a movie that's got a lot of buzz at sundance that mm-hmm. actually tra- his, the trailer of that actually played before hereditary um i forget the name of the film now but that one's coming out soon um is it an a24 um i don't know if it's a24 but it was uh oh god fuck i forget the name of the movie I'm not 100 sure which one you're talking about either. I'm it's, looking it's at a, it it's a, Sorry um, to bother you. Sorry to bother yeah, you. That was the one. You. Yeah. That mm. one looked actually really fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one was pretty funny. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Did he, you guys see it a, at, at a Regal? Yeah. yeah I saw oh, I saw it at AMC, so that's why I didn't oh, see okay. the same trailer. Oh, yeah. Um, it's weird yeah, how that's so, different. I mean, yeah. I think the important thing to, to take away from this too is that like studios are going to tell you what you think you want to see, but I think the reality is is that audiences have their own yeah, their own opinions of what yeah. they want to see and the studios don't care about that. I because think the studios are always going to play it safer. I think sometimes people don't know what they want to see, but they're okay f- learning that when they're watching the movie. Cuz like when I watch Hereditary, I I kind of knew what it was about, but I knew like that I wouldn't have the answers. You know what I mean? So when I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, okay, this is what I wanted. You know what I mean? And I just didn't know it as I was watching it. Right. That's you funny. Know? I mean, there are definitely people who are not aware of what they want, obviously. But yeah. I think in general, if you were to take the audience as a whole, I think right. they do know what they want. Studios are not willing to cater to that. They will watch what studios yeah. put out, but I think that there is a there is a gap that is there, A24, it took them a minute to realize it, but they, they when they did, they hit the ground running and now know that they need to yeah. produce that right. stuff because they're making a ton of money now. And audiences, like you said, are, are, they are smart. And when they recognize a well-executed vision, even halfway through the movie, yeah. they, you know, it, it's on. You yeah, know, exactly. like they're, yeah. they're engaged. Exactly. Um, and A24 has produced films that that don't, or, you know, they've distributed films that don't look like they falter you know yeah. what i mean they're very they confident they're like yeah. to- they're like tonally connected like yeah. every single one of them is like so like it it feels consistent throughout the whole thing yeah you know which is not for for a lot of studio movies that that is not often what the focus is <laughs> you know what i no. mean you know yeah. i think we we talked about neorealism last week and kind of talked about film movements and how they react to what audiences want and i think we we were so inundated with this escapist Hollywood thing, you know, starting from like, you know, Nolan's Batman, yeah. really yeah. in the early two thousands to now. But that, we're so inundated uh, with this the escapist aspect that I think we're just we're not we're no, we're at a point where we kind of like okay, let's give us something a little bit more grounded, yeah. right? Than that. That's so f- funny. Like I agree with you, but I disagree with the batman not like being as escapism i I think it is to an extent but i think it's definitely like iraq war allegory you know and i I, that too yeah i think uh, 
like Black Panther is definitely like Donald Trump getting elected, you know, and this and the state of black people in America. You know, like I think there's like there are these things that are happening now that maybe weren't happening in the early 2000s that are like I think escapism is still there is still around, but there's like it's all like coming back. You know what I mean? I don't. Th- I don't like, think it's going away. Ever bit. goes away? Really? Escapism always is there, especially in the American Hollywood filmmaking model. But oh I think, yeah. I just think audiences are looking for more than than escapism. Than hi- uh, maybe the hyperbolic escapism. Like yeah. they, they want something that's they want something that is more true to a story than you know you, you, the superhero movie. Everyone, even if they don't necessarily know it right off the top of their head, know what the movie's going to be yeah. about. They right. want to be. They want to be surprised. Whether that's through <laughs> yeah. a scare, if that's through yeah. crying because yeah. of like it's a drama, or or happy because it's a romance exactly. or a comedy or something. Right. They want to be surprised. They want to go into the movie and and leave, you know, um, like oh man, that was a good movie. I was not expecting it to yeah. be so funny, or I didn't. I wasn't expecting you know the chemistry between those actors it was so good you know right. or, or you know whatever that is um and with a lot of these formulaic blockbuster films you don't get that anymore you're not surprised you go into it knowing that you're going to be you know excited about the action and stuff like that but but that just comes with the territory now yeah you know plus it's, i just think we're from a generation who's like just fed up with the sort of lies of <laughs> yeah of <laughs> of Rain and Stimpy. It was all lies, man. I mean, really though, like there's certain like level of lying from the generation before us, and we're 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 from a generation that is looking at things more realistically. We're faced with so many challenges that we you know we're looking to connect with stories yeah. and people who relate to those challenges. I mean, look at like Room. Room was eight, one of A24's biggest films. Yeah. Um, and it's essentially a, a very stark drama. It's a very yeah. real film. Um, as as kind of maybe unreal as the plot might be. Not That's not the right way it's, to say it's it. It's real in its tone. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like the plot is a little mo- is a hyper- hyperbolic, but it's still real in its yeah. tone. And I think that's what we're searching for in our generation is something that is like, yes, of course there are people who want to see every Marvel movie that gets released. That's fine. Um, it's a mix of people who grew up with the comics or a mix of kids, yeah. a mix of people our age who are, who are just into it. That's fine. But I think in general, um, the audiences are skewing a different way. And I think Room is a good example of what audiences really want, you know. Um, and audiences now have so much it. more access to, to stories and, yeah. and things yeah. that, that our parents didn't have. Yeah, so, like, exactly. We don't really have the patience of like, well, maybe his next film will be better. Right. It's like, uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we need a good one. You gotta get it right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so really, there's no way of knowing uh, what A24 will turn into if they'll fall to what the old studios have become right um in terms of becoming a safe company um, <laughs> so far even with the money and success they've had they keep going along the same way and they keep yeah. finding the films that the that the big studios won't touch um and they're finding that they're they're having a lot of success with it what are you um, guys excited for in the future of a24 like what is is there a particular movie like obviously gaspar Noe's new movie you guys are excited for climax 
Um, definitely, cool. definitely climax. What, yeah, like for me, sick. it's like Bo Burnham's new movie. I'm a huge, you know, I love comedy, you know, and stand-up comedians. And when they make movies, I'm I'm right there. So like Bo Burnham's new shit, which comes out in like July, I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. And Jonah Hill has a project that he's doing with them. Uh, super excited for that because that guy's so funny. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm just excited for. I'm all these movies. Surprisingly, Under the Silver Lake looks pretty good. That looks so which is good. The black That's comedy with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. It looks super um, good. I'm excited for Green's film. I'm guessing it's going to be 24. I don't think it's been bought yet, but he's got a new film that will be coming out this year. So right, yes, this year. I'm sure. I'm it'll sure it will be, be 24. It will be under that. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely excited for that. I mean, they're kind of they go back and forth with what they produce, right? So like. They do their comedies, they do their dramas, they do their horror. Generally, I look forward to their horror more. I personally was not super into It Comes at Night or The Witch. Um, but I do like, you know, they produced, uh, or they helped distribute Killing of a Sacred Deer, which is one of my favorite movies of last right. year. Yeah. Um, so, and the Ghost, I heard a ghost story was phenomenal. I haven't seen it myself, I but I heard it was phenomenal. I um, and I want to see Black Coat's Daughter. Um, oh, that one looked... Yeah, which is sort of a, a paranormal film. Yeah. Um, hmm. You know, people like the disaster artist. I thought it was okay. You know, like, I think to me, I don't know if there's any specific movies that they're, you know, I'm looking at the list now um, of movies that they're producing, but I, I always am interested in what they're doing. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen uh, Honey or American American Honey? Honey? I haven't yeah. seen American Honey. I haven't seen good. it. It's pretty good too. Hmm. So Robert Eggers, who did the. Which has a black and white dark fantasy horror Ooh, film coming cool. out. That should be sweet. Starring, the Lighthouse. Starring Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. That's what gonna, a that's weird gonna, ass gonna, combo, That's going to be good. That's, that's great. Be good. Like, Pattinson's so good. Like that. Dude, Pattinson is yeah. really good. It's little he's, stuff like that that I think is, is stuff to look his... forward to. Oh, man, yeah. Um, and then, you know, you have Native Son, the last black man in San Francisco. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it just... I'm interested. I'm always interested to see what they do, and I definitely Noah Noah is a one who I'm always interested yeah. in. Enter the Void is a phenomenal film, um, and so you know, let him produce, let him make whatever films he wants to make. Um, yeah, oh yeah, Korean. yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, and Korean for sure. Like he can do, he can do whatever. And if A twenty four picks it up, you know, I'll I'll be. If I don't watch it, then I'll at least be aware of it yeah. and yeah. be kind of following it for sure. For sure. Um, and like you know with hereditary's insane success right now as a horror film i can't see them really changing too much i no. feel like they're going to chug yeah. along and do what they do because they know they can't because they know that the other the studios are looking at them and they're a little pissed off <laughs> and they kind of like that they're in that yeah. position because it means they're doing something yeah. right yeah you know how, how so. much has hereditary made do you know 22.3 uh, million and it's only been out for for like a hardcore horror film. Yeah, that's insane. Man. Yeah, that's out of really a ten insane. million ten million dollar budget. According, this is according to Wikipedia, so it's hard to say exactly. I guess I could you could check box office mojo. That's, that's yeah, actually you could really good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> yeah. it's only really been out for a week, not even a week. Exactly. And that they're going to get a lot more money with the DVD and here you go. This is this VOD is a Byron sales. film. How this came out last year. This released at TIFF last year. 1%. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah. That's... Australian crime film directed by Stephen McCallum starring Abby Lee. Ooh, I love Abby Lee. 
This came out of. I think, I think they I must. This heard, must be working on distribution or something. I, I think I might have heard of this film. It's a crime film. Because she's got a couple in the works that sound actually pretty good. That's interesting. So I I, I don't know. I like uh, this is a TBA quote unquote. So it's still working on their distribution. I think oh, and cool. where they want it to go. Um, yeah, yeah. At least cool. They're they're yeah. trying to get it on Crackle probably. <laughs> I think. <laughs> crackle oh crackle i think personally i'm looking forward to a24's trailers and marketing for all their films because i think the trailers are so like that like it feels like the movie we're just talking about this but like i just watched killing of sacred deer trailer just for fun like the other day so good because i still haven't (laughs) seen that movie it's been sitting on my dude thing and i was showing tiffany and i was like well let's just watch the trailer again you know (laughs) see if you want to watch it and it's just the trailer is so great i love it wait till you watch the movie i know i'm so excited the movie's so good the movie is so good six out of five fucking just mind-blowing movie um i'm glad a24 they picked up the lobster too that's where they started with Man, the lobsters. so yeah feel like good. if like you're it. if lanthimos i mean lanthimos is going to make more films no yeah. doubt about it yeah and a24 will probably be there right you Actually, know right might along have with a him. movie that will come out this year later this year maybe I'm maybe. sure he's I'm sure he's cooking up something yeah I think it's like a science fiction kind of thing I think. oh thank god dude <laughs> fucking love that <laughs> I could be wrong so I could sick. be wrong um I'm checking so I, I, the, the favorite the favorite 2018 okay. the favorite biographical about. historical film oh okay weird. interesting weird Emma Stone Rachel Wise again God, I fucking love Rachel Wise. <laughs> it's about Queen Olivia Anne and Coleman? Sarah Churchill. I don't know who that is huh. a lot of women. Is a totally female cast for his films, um, but his films are sweet. Um, and Killing of a Sacred Deer, uh, highly, highly recommend that film. I know it's not for everyone, but I still think it's awesome. And same with the lobster. You got to see the lobster. Fucking yeah, hilarious. and I mean Dog Tooth. I mean all his stuff is yeah. fucking. It's pretty phenomenal. Oh, um, I gotta watch Dog. So I do. We, we spent a lot of time just talking about A24 instead of the movies themselves, uh, which is fine. Uh, I don't, I, ne- I expected this episode to not really cover De Palma that much. Right, um, yeah. Because of the nature of De Palma. So I, I feel like if we if we want to shift sort of into... Yeah, let's... Do let's... we need to do Roundtable? Like, can we just be up front right now? <laughs> like, I want to do Roundtable. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we can make it short. If you follow me on Letterboxd, you already know what my choice is. Dude, I haven't it's been on Letterboxd in like, in like a month. <laughs> okay, well, Facebook or whatever. I feel like my choice is pretty obvious. If you guys... I feel like everyone's choice is hereditary. I don't think De Palma beats it out. I think De Palma is interesting, but I don't think it beats out hereditary I, as, a, as a... I don't know about Byron. I Be, think hereditary Being a big... De Palma right, let's just, nut. Let's, just do, let's do Byron. Yeah. At least start with Byron. Okay, wait. So Jacob, do we need to guess for you? Wait, how many how many uh, De Palma films have you seen, Jacob? Enough. <laughs> I seen, seen, uh, I probably seen, probably like five. I haven't seen any. De Maybe Palma like films. six. I can honestly say I haven't. I haven't even seen Scarface. And you guys can shoot me in the head for that all you want. You haven't seen Mission Impossible I, I One. Seen, oh. Okay, I've seen Mission Impossible 1, but I was, like, Wait, super so young and I barely remember it. Like, none, dude. Like, actually, like, no De Palma films. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, like, the, that's why I think the documentary, I think, was interesting to me. But yeah. because I like knowing about the director's background and, yeah, and right. that I love Content. listening to talk about the films. Ha- yeah. But I don't, I've never seen any of his stuff, so I don't really 
I didn't connect with it in that way. I mean, there's really... I have seen every De Palma film except for, I think, two. I want to see Black Dahlia. That was the one that, that I thought was good. the most yeah, interesting good. out of all really of this. Good. And then obviously Scarface and stuff like that. So, okay, Jacob, I, I think, think you liked Hereditary more just yeah. by the nature of the two films. Obviously, I think you're in the same boat as me where it's like interesting to listen to De Palma talk about it, but like... They're not really a fair comparison, I don't think. It's, I just it's, I don't it's, think it's a... In a world where content is king, De Palma's fine, but it's a crap it's not a it's not a good documentary it's dry as hell you know what i mean it is like dry as hell dude. it's so yeah. it's really content forward which i i like for like my social media videos and my facebooks but i'm, if I'm sitting down and watching a, a documentary i want i want like the amy winehouse doc that a24 did you know i want something like that yeah. with like some that extra was, that was good yeah that was it was really well put together um had interesting shots interviewed a bunch of other people and i get that this was just like a little side project for right these filmmakers exactly. you know it was just like oh why not fuck it let's just let's just film this guy yeah. Yeah. Um, but that really showed and it, it, it you could kind of see the lack of passion uh in it like i'm sure they're passionate about brian de palma and like what he did but like it was directors they didn't care interested about it yeah it, it yeah it was a movie made for like other directors to watch yeah exactly exactly you know and it's not exactly. like really about the film but i i just i was kind of frustrated because it's de palma you know this is like a pretty divisive filmmaker and all you're gonna do is just do the little center shot you know like do something interesting like do do something that de palma would do like kind of do it in his voice and that's what i liked about the amy winehouse thing is it felt very amy winehouse you know that's in like funny. a weird like spiritual story yeah way. it's funny i never noticed that when the de palma movie I, I was definitely, like, into what was being said. Yeah, Same. of course. Yeah. Uh, me too. Like, like I, I didn't notice that. But when you say it, I looking back at it, it's like, yeah, I see what you're saying. In like, my, it would be cool if they had changed it up a bit. Like, in know? my letterbox review, I was like, this is great. Like, it's interesting to know about it, but the way they did it was just, it made it so dry. Yeah. It was, yeah. like, hour 45 yeah. that felt like two and a half hours. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah. cool, man. Like, I get it. That's it's funny. cool to hear you talk about each film and how you fought tooth and nail for yeah. what you did right but like damn man like <laughs> i honestly cool. i think it, like it, i guess but it may have been a better like podcast you know what i mean like yeah. i think oh interesting yeah because like the visuals like visuals were kind of there and it was cool seeing every single like naked lady shot that he's ever <laughs> he's ever done <laughs> you know in the dog or whatever but like i don't necessarily i don't like need i didn't it was rare where you needed the visual yeah, exactly. You know, it yeah, was very I, rare. I like, there's some particular instances where he's talking about a certain shot that he did. Uh, and, like, for Carrie, how he, like, went up in up inside and then the studio executive came over and was like, hey, are you, uh, what the hell are you doing? He's like, did you want to shoot the film? You know? <laughs> and then he's yeah. like, no. Which or I love that moment, stuff. but I don't need the shot for that. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I think there's some things... Everything he said, you could visualize yourself pretty easily. And most people have seen these movies, so they, they can visualize it anyway. So, my choice is Hereditary. I'm just going to ruin that. Sorry yeah. for you guys. Jacob's choice, I think, is Hereditary. hereditary yeah, because hereditary. So hereditary played with my fears in, uh, like, fears that I actually have, you know? like Yeah. Oh, cool. The fears that I have, like, when I, even today, like, last night especially, because yeah, I watched it yesterday. Um, but, like, I'm always afraid, like, of people watching. 
you know yeah like from the shadows yeah. like that's, that's like my like, deepest uh, thing you that's know? why i don't like big open windows at night oh. because yeah. it's just like when you can't see out of them it's yeah. just like dude i know there's probably not someone there but just that <laughs> feeling that you yeah. get that there could be something like just close the goddamn blinds you know what i mean <laughs> and uh, i hate just so, people just standing and staring <laughs> You know, yeah, in the exactly, dark, yeah, and that's literally like this whole movie. <laughs> that is, is that, uh, especially so, the ending. Yeah, it, to- it totally worked yeah. on me, especially so, the end. Yeah. Unless Byron ended up hating Hereditary, which I don't get that vibe at all, and I don't know this because you've kept pretty tight-lipped about it. I think I, I, it's got to be Hereditary because, like, as interesting as De Palma is, especially for you being a huge fan of him yeah. and seeing like all of his movies and stuff like that, it's still just the nature of the way that they made the documentary is just not as compelling as it could be yeah so yeah i mean and what's funny is i didn't really get that until you guys mentioned it and then i agree with you you know <laughs> yeah. in the sense of like it but i was definitely like into that documentary like i i'm sure yeah. I, when i was watching it i was like man i, I want more like I, I i yeah you know like i definitely um you know i just love hearing you know directors talk about themselves kind of which is kind of weird but, right um but i thought it was cool but uh but yeah i mean i think I mean, really, I think it's mainly because of rewatch value that I like Hereditary more. Yeah, because yeah. I can't really compare them. That's what I'm saying. You know what it's I mean? not it's a, a tough comparison. comparison. This yeah. this week's com- the two films were just not. Yeah. They weren't. They weren't. They were good to cover a twenty four, but I think they're not fair. Right. To compare. Oh yeah. Like if if we were to watch something else from a twenty four, like Florida Project, and then Hereditary, oh, it would yeah. have been a more interesting comparison. Right. Um, that would have been, uh, been interesting. Yeah. But yeah. it's kind of like the anime episode we did, where it's like, here's a clip show. Oh yeah. Shoddily put together, and then oh, here's yeah. a you know, it's <laughs> like Jin obviously, <laughs> yeah, and Jinro, yeah, one of the best animes of all time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, but I I say that because I do I I kind of just want to talk about Hereditary yeah, a little bit. Her. Yeah, let's it's do it. Just, it's such a fresh it's such a fresh movie, and it was so good. Um, I don't know what it was about it that I didn't give it a full five, but I couldn't find like a specific fault in it. Like there was nothing that was so egregiously bad that I was like, this is not like a really well done <laughs> right. movie. But I just I don't know it for wasn't some a reason. Ghost story. Dude, what was that movie? Ten minutes before the end of Ghost Stories. Ghost Stories, yeah. But ten minutes before the end of Hereditary, I was like, if this Ghost Stories be, I'm gonna flip shit in this theater right now and fucking just get mad. I'm so glad it didn't. I was so happy that it ended the way it did, because even if the ending was. We're gonna spoil it. Whatever. I don't. I can't talk about this movie without spoiling it because the ending. The fact that it really was a literal, like, they wanted to make him uh, yeah. bring the demon into the world or whatever. Yeah. I was like, thank God you just went with that because it's better than at least, like, sh- motherfucking Tony Collette has been schizophrenic this whole time. Yeah. yeah. It's been, like, essentially, like, comatose and seeing the shit. Like, yeah. I would have just, I would have felt or, so or even, bad. Or even them, like, fighting off the demon at the end. You know, like because so when yeah. when I found out that they're pulling the demon card, I honestly I was a little disappointed. You know, because I love sitting in the what the hell is this kind of world? Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. like the Kubrick, uh, like The Shining. Like you have no idea like what like how this is grounded, and it's not even about it being grounded at all. But so many horror movies now are about like, hey, let's ground this. Let let's find a demon and put a demon on it. But when they did that in this movie, I was a little disappointed. 
But then how it ended, it totally redeemed it for me because of how they they connected everything at the end. So it's like this moment of doubt I had during the movie that totally was gone by the end of it. And because of how they did the end. Mm -hmm. The ending, I think, sits with me differently than maybe both of you guys. I agree with Keith in the sense that I really didn't want it to be one of those things where it was like a metaphor or something where it was like her, you know, it becoming a psychological thing. You Uh, know what I mean? Like the Babadook sort of a thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I Duke still did it I, a little different though. I, I think wanted Ghost yeah, Stories is the better. Like, example I definitely of that. wanted the demon thing to be real, and that that wasn't something that was like an imaginary or something that that shit was actually happening. At the hmm. same time, it ended for me, and I, 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 I just it wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't, it left me wanting so much more. I felt. It was a little rushed, and I wanted something way darker, way, way more fucked. I wanted more. Yeah. I agree with you. I wanted more of the um, possessed Tony Collette. Like that's that sequence starting from when he wakes up in his bed, and sh- you can, and it slowly brightens so you can see her yeah. in the corner, yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. kind of like, "What in the fuck?" People, and then it cuts, out, yeah. and then like she fucking like demon walks the fuck out behind him and then like she's in the on the ceiling the best one of the best shots dude one of my favorite shots was when she's slamming her head into the attic door (laughs) oh my god let me in let me in i wanted more of that just give me like five more minutes of her like demon mode chasing him around and then like the scene where she's sawing off her own head was fucking awesome yeah that was great give me just a tiny bit more of that and i think that would have would have helped the ending in the the summoning of the demon aspect right. of it I, what if I it's wanted... like an epilogue thing where he like goes to school and like brutally like fucks with his friends you know what i mean like at the school and like really like it's super dark at the end you know from for me i wanted more ritual and i wanted more i wanted more scares with the 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 people that were in the forest because that first shot the wide shot before we saw any naked guys or women in the house, you actually do see like 20 people in the woods. Yeah. A lot of people, when I was watching it, they, I could tell did not see them. Right. It's very Um, subtle at first. Yeah. Um, And I wanted more of that. That would be cool. I wanted more of like these, these, like this gathering of people and this ritual. I wanted more ritual. I wanted to see more of the of of what the the grandmother and the right the, the i wanted to i wanted i wanted to know more about that i wanted to see more about that i feel like and the they, grandmother was the weakest part yeah and like, like I, we definitely needed more I, 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 we needed more there because there was so much that they could have used and, and i wanted i wanted i didn't want it to i don't want to see alex wolf as the character i wanted to see a demon I, but not I like how they end in like a cheesy way. See, I, that's what I, I, hmm. that's what I like where they ended it with him because I feel like anything they would have shown wouldn't have been as cool as what we could imagine. Yeah. So like ending his story with becoming Payman the Demon is cool. I like I don't need to see him do anything demonic, but seeing people worship him in this weird way, these yeah. like weird I wanted dead more, blue I wanted ghosts. Something more disturbing is kind of like how people swear that they saw the eyes. 
in Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, the, I yeah, wanted something like that. I wanted something where it was like, oh my god, he's a fucking demon. Like now. they teased it a lot with when she found the body in the attic. Yeah, yeah. And they could have probably played around with that a little right, bit right. more. And they kind of tried to with her scene with her husband right before he gets like. Yeah. burnt up or whatever they kind of tried to play with that a little bit more too but i, I agree that the this once it once she switches over mm. to whatever the possession is yeah uh it goes by really fast yeah and i, and I, I do wish they would have like, sat I just, on that I, a little i guess more. wanted more of that part everything else though i love the build-up i loved how slow it was i liked i liked her going um off her rocker you know in, in the sense of you don't know what the hell she's gonna do next yeah Dude, you know and, and then and them it. killing uh charlie yeah yeah like the trailers did a such a good job of not of because in the trailers you think she's this, like she's gonna carry the through the character. whole movie yeah yeah, yeah. And they kill her at the end of the first act. Yeah. And then they show you the head that for like awesome. 30 seconds. That was yeah. awesome. I was like, whoa, they that did was that. Like, that was my favorite part I of chuckled. the movie. I chuckled. I actually laughed. Yeah, I, was, I was grinning the whole time. And people were freaked the fuck yeah, out behind me. Yeah, totally. Totally, dude. Totally. They like, oh, oh. And the guy that was <laughs> totally. next to me, who weirdly was like picking at his feet the entire movie. Um, <laughs> I think he was just like nervous. Um, he looked away. I could see out of my peripheral vision that he looked oh, away. Nice. After a while. Shit, it was dude. like he was too much dude. for him. Dude, that's awesome. Great. Hilarious. Yeah. The people we had in our theater, we had like, just like this like black couple or something like behind us. So they were, it, it, they were kind of like, like just a little more vocal just in general. <laughs> <laughs> and during that, that shot where uh, he's in the bed and then it, it brightens up to see her in the corner. You could hear him behind us just go, <gasps> <laughs> and they were kind of just like there was this tension and then when she does the demon walk out yeah. they did this really nervous laugh yeah. to like release yeah. the tension it was like it was a great like people to have around you for that same oh, thing yeah. same. Same. somehow yes. the guy in front of us fell asleep he had his coat over him like a blanket and fell asleep somehow throughout that movie. I, was like, I don't know how you did that dude but in, in, I don't know whatever in my theater a lot of people there was like a lot of groups like of, of not younger kids but like you know probably yeah. probably yeah. late teens you know and uh, people kept making the sound like yeah, in the theater dude. to fuck with their friends <laughs> and then so like that kept happening and and even in the movie like they do the surround sound in the movie where it's like from this corner of the theater and this corner of the theater like and it was so cool speaker. like yeah yeah, yeah from one, one speaker like, yeah so it was cool other people were doing it so it was like i don't know if this is in the movie or not or <laughs> what is so going hard. on when you hear but, that first subtle one you're like what the f like did i yeah, hear that yeah, right yeah. now like yeah yeah and and then like at, there were times where no one would be doing that you know and it yeah, would just yeah. be completely silent and it was like oh this is freaking cool you know? there, there was a lot of nervous laughter in the show yeah. that i saw but the, you know what was what was great i thought was kind of fascinating the biggest reaction from the whole film that i got was when tony collette tells him that she didn't want him yeah as a child. that was a great that scene. great scene. More, that got more verbal out loud yeah. than any scare Same. in the entire movie people Same. were like oh my god she said that and then and then you see her 
cover her mouth and stuff. And then that whole sequence, and people were like, "What?" <gasps> like, like it got built and built, and people were like, "I could like you could almost tell that they were like losing air." Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they were like, <gasps> you know. And God. then when it became like it was like, "Oh shit!" It was like a dream. There was like this sense of relief, but they were like, "Oh fuck! What is it going to do to us now?" You yeah. Know? Like, like if that yeah. was a dream, then what the fuck is the payoff going to be? Yeah, hands down, like best scene in the movie because of uh, like how the 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 dialogue was so unnatural in that like his his questions like why how like it made no yeah. like it was not not possible like that it was not a, re- a great response for what uh, yeah. she was saying at all but it worked it yeah. totally worked and if that was in like a real scene no bueno you know but because yeah, it's it in this worked. dream and it tricks you into the, you know, and there's these other layers to it it totally works and that's something you just cannot see on paper you just see, can't you know what, what i mean that scene i like that scene i wouldn't say it was my favorite because i feel like that scene was really only good because i saw it in the theater where people were really engaged i think second time around eh, it's gonna be like i see what they did there I don't oh, know. Sure. They do set you up for that scene. They, yeah. they describe that exact same thing happening already. Yeah. Which is why I think the scene works is because they say, like, oh, yeah, you slept walk and you actually almost lit us on yeah, fire. Yeah, because then they were expecting it, like, oh, fuck, yeah. oh, fuck, the paint thinner, the paint thinner. And yeah, you still yeah. see them get wetter and yeah, wetter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. God, I love um, that so much. Which I think was great. I think just looking at it at a second time, I think the magic will will be completely gone. Yeah. Um, oh, 100%. And that's, and that's my biggest thing with, with, with horror films like this is that that rewatch value is interesting. Um, I feel like The Witch is an exception because I think the second time, because you know what the payoff is and it's kind of underwhelming. Um, it second, could be better. The second time, second time, yeah. like is kind of better because you're like, okay, I know what I'm getting myself into. Yeah. Um, where you're not like kind of disappointed. Um, <laughs> but this <Me>. one, I think. <laughs> the first showing will be forever like you'll always compare it to that yeah you know it'll never get better than that either yeah which for me you know i i just i'm not a huge fan of those type of movies because i like movies like stalker where i every time the the i watch it the film gets richer you know yeah that makes sense i'm not saying that i'm not a fan of this movie or this type of movie it's just i'm just i don't know i just want to i just want to watch a movie man that really scares the fuck out of me yeah, and I again I think with ritual and shit like that I think it would have been closer to what I wanted to see um, I don't know I don't know it's tough it's a tough film for me to, to really talk about in the sense of I mean it was entertaining as hell and I guess that maybe is what I should count it as and if, you, if a movie's entertaining then then that's really yeah, what first you should foremost, merit yeah. It, yeah. you know I don't know it's <laughs> I mean th- I this know. movie had the element of surprise like up its sleeve you know, yeah. and and that was like the biggest thing for this movie for me, and I assume for both of you guys. But on second viewings, the surprise is gone, which is yeah. what you're what you're saying, and that that makes which sense. Which is why, and who knows, second, like what's underneath that? And that's the thing. I doubt like this, there's much. You know what I mean? Like I, I doubt there's there a is, lot. Though I think there really? is. I think the second viewing is more about picking at picking away from the the surface level and getting to it, because like especially like because to me. They especially the beginning played up the whole dollhouse thing, but I think it forgot about that towards the end. And I wonder on a second viewing if that might be more clear. I do. I disagree. I think the last shot is dollhouse. No, I I think I think it sort of remembered itself later. But I think 
on a second viewing, maybe that would be more clear throughout the film, the the whole dollhouse theme and metaphor, yeah. right? Like with the tilt shift, obviously they're playing with that. When right. they're playing with the the idea of of the click cut, which can we just say, the they did such a great job of making the click something yeah. that you would know, yeah, and that would become a later a yeah. scary yeah. thing to hear yeah. later, yeah. yeah, and then they designed a cut around it, the 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 yeah. the the hard cut from like him on his bed to the to the classroom, yeah, yeah. and then the cut and from two sound effects night to day, yeah. yeah. It's right. also the same yeah. sound that that you hear when her head gets cut off or decapitated or whatever really yeah oh i didn't yeah. notice that it's, it's, i didn't it's, notice it's, that it's either the same, yeah it's the same wow. sound it's click. which is really cool yeah so like so i think there's things like that where when i watch it the second time maybe i'll get more of the the people are essentially living in this dollhouse yeah that's true thing um and i think that's more what the second viewing is for me yeah. i think it's less because you know what's going to happen right so you're, it's less about the surprise and more about how can we dig into this because I yeah. think there is yeah. this is one of those movies that I do I did get that impression that there is something a little bit more there that I probably missed because I was so enthralled with the actual horror of it right because it could I, be this movie that's like she's just playing with her little dolls that she made you know what I mean and she like destroys the house and after right. she destroys all that stuff that's when everything like goes to shit you know what I mean? So true. That's it could true, be yeah. this like story within this story that she's telling, but or but I think that's not as interesting as like how they're connected. You know what I mean? Because it, it, it's kind of like Inception. Like people talk about how oh the whole thing's a dream. That's not interesting. You know what I mean? Right. But it's interest. Right. It's interesting to think about how the whole dream thing being a dream it is related to it being reality and the right. connection of those two things. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. There. Um, there's a few things too in the film that like I uh that like like the um the the lady that friends Tony Collette uh Joan Joan like I knew from the beginning that she that there was going to be a twist on her of course oh, it's too cuz she's type I, she's typecast everything yeah. she's in it she's plays that character and that really just bothered me because I felt like the film was so intelligent and it did this kind of tropic thing that it took me out of the movie. But at the same time, I was glad to see that she that she was a witch because I wanted the witch or the witch or, you know, whatever she is. I, right. I wanted that to happen. I didn't want it to not be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I kind of had to, I, I kind of battled myself because I was like, God damn it. They just pulled that on me because, but I called it and they, and I, and they did what I, but I wanted them not to. Yeah, you wanted you know? it to be that, but a, a a twist on it. You know what I mean, like yeah. that, but yeah. something different like I wanted, enough. I wanted there to be this like you know thing going on, right? Um, but then it was like it just seemed kind of cheap. Where like all of a sudden she's like pulling out her you know her her mom's photo album, and then like she's there. It's like it just seemed like something I've seen before, and it was definitely tropic. And the film was so good at everything else but maybe that's why it stands out yeah everything else is so good you know what i mean you right. know how like when a movie is so is, is actually really good and entertaining that you kind of just start actively searching for shit that bothered you yeah you know what i mean i think that's what's <laughs> happening i think that's what was happening to me yeah because again everyone was saying to the best horror film i've seen in 30 years blah blah, blah. and i'm the coming hype. into the i'm coming yeah. into the movie and so, like you know 
halfway in the movie, I'm like, fuck, I think this might be, you know? And then things start to happen, and I'm like, oh, oh, fuck. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's diminishing now. It's diminishing now. And then, See, that's and how then I parts, felt with the demon par- thing. And then the parts kind of came, were kind of coming back, and I'm like, okay, okay, it's redeeming itself a little bit. Yeah. And then the ending was good, and I'm glad he didn't do what they could have done, but it still wasn't, like, it didn't quite get there for me. Yeah. But it was still, I can't fault it for that, though. That's what I'm saying. You like, know, that's what's so tough like, about this You movie. can't, it's, I find it hard to give it a perfect rating, but right. at the same time, I can't find anything so egregiously exactly. wrong that I'm yeah. like, why did they do that? Yeah. You know, right. the fact that they avoided the, the ghost stories trap, to me, saved that movie so much <laughs> yeah. and pretty yeah. much gave it its own star because I was so right. afraid of that. I, the hype around it being the scariest movie of this generation or whatever I'm glad that it, it did live up to you know I feel like it was overhyped but it still lived up to most of its hype I'm, I'm glad that it's yeah. getting people to see yeah. this type of horror film Me in the too. theaters exactly. I was yeah. like because there too. was quite a few people there it was a 9-10 showing yeah. on a on a on a you know a Wednesday night and there was a, quite a few people there and I, hmm. I was like fuck this is you know it's, it's a 2 hour and 10 minute film yep you know, like it's impressive that this film is getting this much totally. You know, this this yeah. audience. Totally. Yeah. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's pulling people in that normally don't go. Like I feel like the witch didn't couldn't have done that in no. the way yeah, yeah. hereditary right. has done. I think that's the that's to A24's credit. You know, they've done such a wonderful job of marketing this movie. Yeah. And not only that, but they've done a, a great job of hiding the things that needed to be hidden about yeah. the movie. You know, the the, yeah. the trailers for hereditary don't give enough to even really tell you what the plot's about. No, yeah. Really? Yeah. They kind of just tell you that it's fucking weird and yeah. there's some shit that happens and it's scary. Right. And that's just what a yeah. trailer should tell you. Yeah. You know? That's all you need to know to, like, go really? into the yeah. movie. Because, like, I, you, you need to know the tone, but, like, I don't need to know if, like, Jake Gyllenhaal is... Or, like, I don't need to know if Chris Evans makes it to the end of the train. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I just need exactly. to know that he's going on the journey. Oh, you're about to be vampired on. <laughs> um, what, what did you guys think of that floating light thing? I didn't like that. But at the same time, I'm like, what the fuck else would you have done? Are you talking right. about that when he dies? Or the and thing that's I, I like guiding him? Yeah, yeah. When he dies and the little spirit flies into his... Yeah, I mean, you see it throughout the film. Do you? Yeah, you see that uh, Yeah, it's that guiding goes. him. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That was weird. The, I the thought that actual... was just the demon. The wall light thing was weird, but I didn't think that was as bad as the literal orb going into him. I thought the orb was kind of like, eh, but I was kind of thinking, like, what else would you have done? I don't really know. You do see the the light with Charlie, and you see with him, and I thought that was pretty much fine. Yeah. Like, it kind of didn't necessarily match the tone, but at the same time, again, it's like, what are you going to do visually to really compel these people? But the the little floating orb into him once he goes out the window yeah, was a yeah. little like, it was okay. It was really. kind of like like midnight special, you know. Have you guys seen yeah. that? Like yeah. kind of at yep. the end, it's kind of yep. this like, hey, it's like this sci-fi feeling world. Yeah. I didn't mind it, but I felt like something, honestly, something more tropic to horror would have been more enjoyable. Like I I would have been okay with like, like blood like some kind of blood or something like representing the demon. Cause I, yeah. I, I kind of saw that you guys saw that as like the, the demon, right. Is like guiding. And then he goes into him at the end and then he turns yeah, into the demon. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, well, but I, 
I think something like doing like what Byron said, like doing the ritual ritual or something to like turn him into the demon could have been like a lot cooler than just like a shiny little light. Yeah. And the hard part too, is that like, it's weird too, because he was can almost like confused as to who he was when they summoned him into the demon. So like, yeah, I don't know if it was the demon guiding him necessarily, there was something. It, I think he was him. the demon, kind of. But it's there. hard to say. I also got you know? the sense that it could be the grandmother. I get. I feel like oh. it would be more along the lines of it was a grandmother because his conf- so confused about who he was yeah. that the fact that they had to tell him, yeah. "You are payment, and we have brought you here," tells me that the demon might have known. But it still was like shocked to have yeah. been what it was because yeah. I feel like it didn't even know that it was in Charlie. Because, yeah, to me, it, it, the light reacted to Charlie differently than it did to the guy. It A seemed, bit, yeah. it seemed yeah. you know, because yeah. yeah. she didn't seem like scared really by it or anything. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, the boy, the you know, the guy, he's he's he, he's a little bit more inquisitive or something. But I think Charlie already kind of knew kind of what she already was. In a sense. I think she knew that there was something about her that yeah. was... That's why her grandma wanted her to be a boy. But again, if the demon was in her, she didn't necessarily know yeah. that she was the demon either. It's kind of a cool like, little twist, too. That the, the, the guy that you don't think will actually become the demon becomes the demon. Because you think he's just going to be the victim. Poor guy. You know what I the mean? The whole movie. Such Which a, is kind of so, funny. I feel so bad for him the whole movie. He just kind of gets fucked with and then shit on the whole movie. Yeah. And then... I like that part. Doesn't get the girl. Doesn't get... Yeah. He, you know, he kills his sister. He yeah. fucking gets tortured. He's the last one alive in a scary house. Like, I, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> I really also enjoyed the setting and the locations and, the, and, like, the production design. Like, I love the house. It's a very... A lot of wood and a lot of browns. I feel like I've seen that house. Which is kind of like, cool. Yeah. I'm sure they shot that in, like, Vancouver, British Columbia. Utah. Or something. Utah. Oh, was it Utah? It was all Utah. Really? Yeah. Salt Lake City and weird. Um, all in Utah. And I, I, I like weird. Like as you know hell. that 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 area where they where she meets uh, Joan or Joanne um, in in front of the craft store. Yeah, the parking lot. Yeah, in that parking lot, and how there's like just like hills. Yeah. I just like that. Like the setting was cool. Yeah. And then the sequence when he's like rushing charlie to the hospital and he's like we're almost there and it just cuts and there's like he's like in the middle of fucking nowhere there's yeah. no lights anywhere and it's like yeah dude you're not close to no fucking hospital yeah. i really like that it get, the whole film you couldn't quite place where where things were in relation to each other because like their house is kind of surrounded by a whole bunch of trees but yet everywhere else it's kind of like kind of desolate yeah, and yeah. Just hilly, point. you know yeah, that's a good yeah. Point. utah is a fucking shit show when it comes to like the biomes like it makes no have you guys driven through utah no, no. never. Been oh my there. god it like there's like zion which is gorgeous at the south like I, I drove all the way through on my way back from phoenix and like there's like this plateau that is awesome and it's totally those hills that you're talking about i feel like they shot on these like plateau like these huge plateaus with these mountains and hills in the background and it's really high elevation and then you can go all the way down to salt lake city and it's like that's like way lower you know what i mean and uh <laughs> it's it's just it's just crazy how much variety is there yeah you know for being that's like cool. something that's still pretty close to middle america you know what i mean yeah i really i really like that aspect of the film too it just it was a whole character without 
really being an integral part of the movie, but it, it, it served its purpose, which was kind of I've cool. noticed that about horror, more modern horror, too, is they're less concerned about giving you any any grounding or context for the world. Yeah. They're yeah. more just like, these are the people in the world, and there's no connection to... Like, they go to some like fucking fancy-ass house... Which yeah. is apparently some kid who just goes to the high school, like his parents' right. house. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, it, there's right. no context to anything. Which yeah. I I've noticed that trend more recently, and I I, I like it because yeah. I don't think you need grounding yeah. exactly where yeah. you're at. Right. I just think the film can exist it's, in its, its a, own little world. It's amazing how much of the film is really a lot of faces, close yeah, up face, pretty shots, much. Yeah. Which is actually yeah. really impressive. I mean, and when you think of that, like first time director doing a film where he's having to you know evoke horror and fam- like familial like issues and all this stuff through faces is super impressive it's cool yeah you he did a does a really good job, job. yeah plus uh, like tony coletti whatever the shit her name is is awesome in this movie yeah you know yeah, just her, her performance, performance alone is, is like great. Yeah. so great every person even gabriel byrne who's yeah. was very subdued and right almost a forgotten about character yeah. did a great job with right with what he yeah. who he was with what in he the had film, you know which yeah. i feel like that really speaks to like the writing you know it's like the writing and the casting is 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 spot on yeah the actors did a really good job but they had like a lot of great stuff to work with yeah you know? yeah and they he his character specifically to the dad he was so anti um stereotype in movies mm. Like he's not the strong one, and yeah. he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, like, he he's like he doesn't get want over any it. conflict. He yeah. doesn't want anything to yeah. go up in. And then, you know, he he's stereotypical in the sense that um, he is the man in the sense that like, oh, I'm supposed to show the tough face. I'm supposed yeah. to deal yeah. with it. Oh, when it comes to the funeral home, I'll just shoulder that issue. Yeah. I'll deal with the son. You know, I'll make sure that you guys don't fight. Yeah. And then he has his breakdown, yeah. which is like wonderful little shot of yeah. when he when he has yeah. his breakdown. And then he is the one who gets fucking incinerated instead of her, and he is the one who like you know is not a part of the ritual. That was a cool little. I think it's twist interesting. Too. Yeah, yeah, I think it was great. But I'm not sure exactly how that happened. The demon, being unless protective. it was just the demon that just did it. I right? think it was the demon being protective. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I think it was. That was honestly. cool. I, that was a part too that surprised me when she threw the book in the fire, and then you see it. On her, yeah, her, on cool. her arm. I was like, oh, this was is, awesome. I was like, oh man, the, the whole the film's taking it to another level. Yeah, they're kept, super they're, cool. All effect. these layers started happening, and I'm like, fuck yeah, man, we're getting paint thinner, fucking sleepwalking. We're getting like, <laughs> we're getting all these things that are starting to layer upon each other that seem natural. Yeah, within exactly. the context of the film, and that to me was super impressive because when you think of some, you know, if I pitch you an idea of one thing and one thing, it, it probably wouldn't sound cool <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, it would sound so disconnected yeah yeah but, the right that he pulled it together was yeah. extremely so there's a, there's definitely a lot to yeah. like and appreciate in this movie for yeah. sure yeah. it's and definitely one th- i would say watch yeah oh for sure and this this goes back to another quote that barry jenkins said about a24 uh cool, in the making of it. of moonlight he said yeah they don't need to know what it's about he's talking about movies they just need to know how it feels and I feel like that perfectly represents Hereditary. And I think that's and, A24 in general. And, or, yeah, and A24, A24, but also, like, like Hereditary, I don't think you can, like, like pitching that. Like, there's no high concept to it. You know what Hereditary, I mean? Hereditary. Like, how do you pitch that to a studio? Right, right. I don't, I don't know if you can. Payment? 
Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's um, what it's. That's that's the that's the message, guys. I that, think. Yeah, uh, that's the uh, studio executive's name. I think. <laughs> and case. you know, just to pull it around to our usual thing that we always bring up in like every fucking episode of this podcast too. That exact thing is how I sort of feel about like Neon Demon. Is mm-hmm. like, you know, you. Who's that? How do you pitch that? How do you talk about that? And it's less about what it's about and more about the feeling of it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, I guess. And that's how, like, Spring Breakers to is, too, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. But um, there is, like, an obsession with plot for most film goers. Yeah. And TV totally. watchers. That is unfortunate. really loses the point of a lot of movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree yeah. for sure. And if, like, all, all you have to talk about is the <laughs> plot, then, like, that's only like one out of like the five aspects of even like writing a script is like the plot <laughs> you know what exactly. i mean so like yeah. there's a lot more to talk about that's way more interesting to talk about because no one else is talking about it yeah. yeah i think there's like it's like talking about lord of the rings like there's so much more to talk about than the plot because the plot of lord of the rings is pretty basic yeah you know but, the eagles, so. <clears throat> but the eagles this movie's so dumb because the eagles could have just yeah. come god this movie sucks <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's a great place to end. I think we covered it. Um, A24 is definitely a company to keep your eye out for. Even if you don't like their films, it's a, they're an important um, reaction to the typical yeah. model. And in a lot of ways, they're revitalizing the cinema model. You know, people said cinema was dead. And I think they are proving that it's not. Um, so the make sure you keep your alive. eyes out for them. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, so if you have any questions or opinions, send an email to btbfilmspodcast at gmail.com. Also visit our Facebook page to comment on, discuss, whatever. You know, check it out. Um, we would definitely love to chat with you. Even if you just send, like, a private message or whatever, we'll, someone will love to talk your ear off about it. Uh, if you like the show, please rate it wherever you listen. Um, you know, preferably high ratings would be great, especially on the iTunes platforms because those are where the majority of our listeners are. Um, and you can also follow us on Letterbox at JC Foltz for Jacob, Hyperion Creator for me, and Byron finally got his finally up and got running. Mine gone. So what's yours? So mine's just my name. So it's just Byron Guet, and Guet is G O U E T T E. Yeah. So just check out Byron Guet, G O U. I might change that. You should make it the Frenchman. Should be the Frenchman. The Frenchman. Yeah. Or booby booby movie. French fry. Yeah. Poop poop master. Poop master. Poop master fresh. So you can check out Byron as well. He's getting his built up. Yeah. You know, because you're a little bit newer. Uh, you can check out mine. I try to do a review on every movie we watch, every movie I watch in general. Sometimes I watch more than the podcast movies. Um, but next week, we will be talking about fake documentaries. Um, not mockumentaries. So pumped. I think, I think that's a, a, <laughs> a different thing, a genre to talk about is mockumentary. We'll be talking about fake documentaries. So ones that are designed to be a documentary but and to be truthful but are actually not really you know in that sense i don't know as much about right. fs or fake i know nanook of the north is literally designed to be a real documentary actually they lied about pretty much everything <laughs> yeah um, <clears throat> and fs for fake i'm pretty sure it's the orson wells yeah. one right is that yeah. correct yeah. okay it's uh, it's so, definitely like different than nanook 
I'm really curious yeah. what you think of it, Keith. I think you'll like it. I'm yeah. I haven't yeah, seen. I've seen too. parts of the Nook, but I haven't seen either one of these all the way through. <clears throat> so it'll be super interesting, and it'll be pretty different than what we usually talk about. I think it'll be a nice little change of pace, because um, then we're going to be getting into some other fun stuff. Shane Carruth is coming up. Some Korean films are coming up. Um, but yeah, so fake documentaries next week with F is for fake and Nanook of the North. <clears throat> Excuse me. So make sure you watch those films to be a part of the discussion. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. This is Byron. <laughs> Hail Payman. Hail Payman. Hail Payman. Hail Byron. <laughs>